0: Greetings everyone, this is Isaiah Young, and I'm so excited to welcome you to season one of our podcast entitled, Change Happens Now, a series of leadership conversations at the intersections of spirituality, justice, and social innovation. In this episode, I sit down with a dear friend, heartfelt leader, mentor, and someone I consider me familiar She's currently the executive director of the Hispanic Theological Initiative at Princeton Theological Seminary and has been with HTI since 2002. During her tenure, she has launched a Latina leadership program for mid-level Latina faculty and leaders to prepare themselves for deanships and presidencies. She believes in en conjunto partnerships to do impactful transformational work. She leads with a passion to amplify and promote the educational and theological formation of Latinx students in PhD programs across the United States. And with all that going on, she has served faithfully for the past 10 years as an assistant pastor at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Trenton, New Jersey. In this conversation, I asked this big question, why is there now a need more than ever to shift our leadership to the model of En Conjunto? Would you please do me a huge favor and welcome the phenomenal Joanne Rodriguez. How are you today, Joanne?
1: I'm well, Isaiah. Wonderful to be here with you. How are you today?
0: I'm I'm doing well. It is such an honor and a treat to spend some time with you. And we want to kind of jump right into our question, and that is why is there a need now more than ever due to our crises to shift our leadership models to a model of collective leadership and conjunto?
1: Not one person has the answer to support the challenges that we're facing right now. And so more than ever, we need to embrace and really listen to leadership from all sorts of contexts. Part of the leadership that I think we have to do, and I would say three words, I've been thinking about this, to Mm. be able to love the whole person, to be able to listen to the whole person, and to be able to learn, Mm. to always be in a place of learning. Because when you're always in a place of learning, you're always willing to change.
0: Mm, I love that. The three L's, the loving, listening, and learning. And those are such simple acts, but yet um, they can be very uncommon. In your own leadership journey, you've been able to embrace that posture because I think it is very rare to find in, 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 in leadership.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. And it takes it's taken me years but I hope that with this podcast, our younger generation learns to embrace that sooner than later because we mm. absolutely need to embrace the loving of ourselves first so we mm. can love others fully, the listening of our bodies and our minds first so we can listen well to others, and the ability to be willing to learn ourselves and others so we can continue to change in an environment that is requiring that constantly, you know, originally my, when I came, this I'm a Puerto Rican, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. My parents came directly from Puerto Rico. My mother had a third grade education. My father finished high school. And I am the first generation, I'm the first generation in my household who has two master's degrees. Wow. And and, and embrace them. Sometimes, you know, a poor household is not a household without great destruction and great love and learnings. Mm. Mm. And this society has taught us to believe that almost. Mm. Like to think there's something less poor household than something in a rich household. And we need to understand that richness is in embracing life and the fullness of life and Mm. that every single person is of value. I have a saying for myself, overestimate who you are entertaining because every person has value. Mm. An example of that, as I've learned throughout the years is I had a cousin who one time we were in a party and he was inebriated, he was drunk Mm-hmm. but he was able to notice something a sadness inside of me that no one else in that room was able to turn into mm-hmm. and he said something to me that day that was very powerful that i had to spend some time thinking about myself and what was going on in my life just like i've had conversations with presidents and deans of the consortium members of hti that have said very powerful things to me and i've learned from them we have we have to learn as leaders to listen to our environment, to the people we entertain because every single one of them has something to teach us. Good leadership, I feel anyway, from my perspective, is a leadership that learns to do that and do that well, respect those spaces so that you can then serve people better because ultimate leadership is about serving. It's it's not about yourself serving it's about service and the enhancement of the community that you serve. So for me, I really feel that it's important to take into consideration first, everything that shapes us as a person and give all of, the, all of that respect and honor mm. and include it in our education. In academia, sometimes we're told to divide who we are, but we need to understand and, and speak up for what we bring to academia. And then, so I've had the great fortune of working with so many Latinx leaders in this work and shape it so that it can continue to advance generation and now the third generation of scholars. We have scholars that are now presidents of academic institutions, Mm -hmm. deans, tenured faculty, full professors, and the pipeline that is just beginning the, to write their dissertations and enter their doctoral work. And I think it's really, really important for any individual to really see what they're gifted in. There's another book that I read recently called Doing the Work That I Love.
0: Mm.
1: And w- the first chapter of that book, The Woman States, that teachers encourage students and parents to really work at the things that they're not that skilled in. Mm. Very rarely do we encourage children or to do work that they absolutely love to do and are gifted in. What difference would it make if we began to really encourage children and adults to begin to do the work they are, they really love to do and are passionate about and are already gifted in.
0: Mm. I want to take a brief moment in this episode to express my deep gratitude, not only for the work of Joanne Rodriguez, but her entire team, which is small but mighty at the Hispanic Theological Initiative. I myself was honored to be a doctoral scholar supported by HTI. I could not have imagined finishing my PhD without the leadership, love, and support from the entire community. As Joanne has already discussed, the En Conjunto Way truly is about loving and embracing each person in love. For Latinx scholars who are interested in religion or theology at the graduate level, I want to highly encourage you to check out the work of HTI. You can find the link to them in our show notes. I love that example that you gave of walking people through, and I've had the privilege of being able to walk through the Proyecto Vital as well. And I'd wonder if you'd be willing to share um, either that document or something similar to our community as a first step to acquire that mindset, that understanding of these gifts that we are often tempted to deny ourselves that actually can help inform our unique gifts and contributions to the communities and organizations and the work that we feel passionate to do.
1: Yes, I, 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 would, I would be happy to, to share um, the best practices of HTI. We have been, it, it is a document that continues to grow and, um, and change as we listen to our community. And so absolutely, mm. we really need authentic leaders and leaders that are more willing to serve, stop serving And Mm -hmm. these are these are documents that and ways in which we can help support that.
0: Okay, great. So one of the things I wanted to ask next was just around um, the Latinx leadership formation, thinking about our young leaders who are out there from different cultural backgrounds and, and, um, you know, not just Latinx, but 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 maybe have racially minoritized experience to be able to speak to the need to reclaim Um, that those, those, those gifts, those insights, the, however you grew up as assets and as things to bring forth into your leadership, not to deny or dismiss them. There are, there are power.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, if you look at our current educational system, our histories are void. Mm -hmm. That's number one. And I think it's really important that as more Latinx begin to teach in the educational system and even parents, we begin to reclaim and actually write the stories ourselves. Um, one is curriculum and two is um, advocacy. Mm. And three is um, even in our own homes, teach your children the history of our community. Um, I, I think it's intentional history is something that is very very important for people to understand and studies have shown that individuals that don't know their history or void of their history have you know has so that it can create self-esteem issues it could you don't have examples of people that can help lead you so there's a different understanding of that when you're raised in a latin american country or in a country where you have your culture around you and your language, mm-hmm. than when you are born and raised in the United States. Um, so I think that we need to begin there. We need to begin to recollect our histories, share more of that, take pride in that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think the other thing is that we we have taken on the the um, the oppressor. Mm-hmm. We have taken on the. And we have to learn to understand that that is not our space, that we are sometimes not welcome into that space, and that we also don't want to be part of that space in that mm-hmm. way. That I means you know, we, we do want to be part of organizations, and we want to be able to support the mission, but we cannot take on the oppressor's way anymore it's not doing us any good and it's not doing institutions any good when we enter those spaces understanding the gifts that we bring to that space the knowledge the education the experience and we don't shy away from sharing that, that all of that skill set and we can make a difference
0: One of the most inspiring insights that Joanne offered our community, and especially to those of us from minoritized experiences and identities, was to resist the temptation to sacrifice one's own knowledge, whether it be language or culture or something else, just to fit in at an organization. In fact, Joanne helped to remind us that the wisdom-based leader is one who embraces their cultural leadership style. They're rooted in their spirituality, and they're committed to leading from their personal authenticity. That's a, that's a beautiful call for us, particularly for those who have been minoritized in different ways based on our identities, our social location, to, to stand in confidence of those gifts that we carry. And I'd wonder too, as you think about, you know, young leaders and organizations who are maybe feeling alone, maybe they look around and they're the only fill in the blank, you know, whether it's racially, whether it's a, a different uh, identity that they feel, they, they, it's easy to second guess or question their own security and that knowledge and wisdom that you're talking about that needs to be embraced. What kind of words of of wisdom and insight would you speak directly to that person who's feeling maybe a a longing to go deeper, but is not necessarily knowing how or where to find it, um, how to, how to, how to be resilient in that leadership position.
1: I'll give you two personal examples. So one of them was a real, um, I've always been a bit challenged with my writing. And it's an an issue that I have because there were several professors that would criticize the work that I did. And I then one day I was reading the um, editorial piece of an introduction to a magazine. And it was about writing the piece. And the woman that wrote the piece said there was eight other people that had to look at that small letter to edit it for that magazine. And I realized then that that work is not done alone. Mm. I realized that it took a number of people to get one letter written. Mm. And this is a professional. Mm-hmm. This is the editor-in-chief of a magazine. So that made me realize that I don't the work that I do, I don't have to do it alone. The things that I don't feel secure about or I'm not confident in, I can always... Ask for help. Mm-hmm. So, one is the other example is I, the first time I ever led the meeting of the consortium when we had first established, so nervous. My office. And I had to make a phone call and get walked through to lead that meeting. Mm-hmm. And I did. I made the phone call, I asked for the support and I ran the meeting and everything went fine. So being afraid is normal. Asking for help can get you through any situation. Surrounding yourself with excellent people who really care about you and Mm -hmm. want the best for the organization are all ways in which you grow as a leader. You need to understand, the importance, at least from my perspective, of building these relationships and the willingness to ask for help when you're not, when you are starting a new en- en- endeavor or you're not sure of how to proceed. Don't allow that un- not knowing to keep, uh, to arrest you or say, I cannot, you know, this is not going to happen because I don't have the skill set we that's why i said you have to always be willing to learn mm-hmm. because things change and if you don't change the business will die whatever it is and so it is important to understand that part of being a good leader is to one surround yourself with good with with people who really care and and love, respect the work that you do and are committed to the work that you do and can help you grow the work that you do, while also be willing to be criticized, be Mm -hmm. willing to be praised, and be willing to also ask for help. Two things, one is ask a question. Um, I'm not sure of, of how to proceed here. I have this understanding of this, but I'm not clear about this. I've drafted something and I would appreciate if you look at it. Those are all ways to invite partners into the work that you do. When you do program any type of programming that you do, or anything that you do, you need partners and look at them as partners. Even if they're senior and even if they're not, look at them as someone, there's some skill set that this person has that can mm. complement what I'm doing myself, I'm complimenting the work that I do. Mm. Comparison can get us into trouble because we start to self-sabotage and question what we bring to the table. So we're facing some very challenging times. Keep your eye above you in terms of reading the atmosphere mm. and also do the work well what you what you have already committed yourself to do whatever Mm. that is always do it as best as you can but Mm. keep your eye on the larger landscape and if you can if you can learn to do those two things you will succeed and that takes skill set and it takes a lot of time and energy But you can learn it as you go along. And as you do it more consistently, you become better and better at doing it. That's another thing. To give yourself a learning curve. Don't Mm. expect to be the expert in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But give yourself a learning curve. And set goals for your learning, your own learning Mm. in the process. And also celebrate the accomplishments. Sometimes we just like minimize. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. I finished my PhD, now I'm gonna go on to something else. <laughs> no, finishing a PhD is a lot of work. Pause, celebrate it, you know, reflect. What did this take of me? What did mm-hmm. I learn in the process? What will I take into this new opportunity? What do I have to listen to in this space now? Don't, I, don't be afraid to to pause and to reflect because mm. that's where we end up getting into trouble, that we're just, we're, we're not, we're moving too fast and we we're, we're, we're scared. We're taking just a quick break in this episode to announce a very special opportunity that we've recently been working on. It's an online leadership training experience we're calling A Living Workshop. In this opportunity, you'll learn practices that will encourage and equip you to become a wisdom-based leader, a leader who's committed to spirituality, authenticity, transformation, and doing the soul work to care for yourself and others on your journey. For more information, please subscribe to our email list where our link is in the show notes. We look forward to having you on the journey.
0: Is there anything you might offer to our community as kind of a simple daily practice that can help center them and help them to remember what's most important?
1: So one thing that I've learned and I'm practicing more and more is quiet time. Every single morning, if you find a time, you can start with five minutes, 10 minutes, just to quiet and quiet yourself and breathe deep. I think that exercise, and if you want to add gratitude to that, if you want to add a prayer, if you want to add a saying but something where you start to really quiet yourself and breathe deeply to reflect Mm. is what I have found that as a leader, especially during this time has helped me remain hopeful answers to questions that I have to conflicts, to Mm. new initiatives. It kind of has helped ground me to another level. So the earlier that you can begin to practice something like that for yourself, I think will be helpful to any young, any, any age leader. I think it's so important. This generation is facing so many different challenges and we need to, instead of trying to give them the answer, listen to them and enjoy them because they're amazing.
0: Joanne you're an amazing woman and leader and we can't thank you enough for all of your insights and your sacrifice that has paved the way continues to pave the way for so many who without it might not have had that opportunity so again we honor you we thank you for you and the team and their work and uh, we're just thankful for this time to have some conversation together
1: my pleasure wonderful to be with you and blessings on your work
0: We want to again thank you for listening to this episode of Change Happens Now. If this episode touched you and you want to dig deeper into the transformational work of wisdom-based leadership, we'd invite you to reach out to us and send us a message. You can do so by signing up at our website, and when you do, you will be the first to hear about future opportunities to engage and work with our growing community. The link to our website can be found in the show notes. Whatever you do, Don't hold back and don't wait because we are all in this together. Until next time, may you be guided by the joy that is unspeakable and the peace that passes all understanding.